Please join with me in a brief word of prayer. Uh, dear Heavenly Father, we, uh, God, I thank you so much um, for what you've already done. Uh, the worship, Lord, uh, those songs really ministered uh, to us in a powerful way, Lord. Uh, you're doing something here today, Lord, uh, that continued in that wonderful testimony, Father God, And I thank you, Father God, that you've already begun to deal with us and prepare our hearts. And, and Lord, we just avail ourselves to you this morning, Lord. Speak to us what it is your heart to speak to us, Lord. We will incline our ear to you, Lord, and we will receive it in faith and humility, Lord, with the mind and the heart to be doers of your word. Not to puff ourselves up but to exalt you in our, in our lives and to give you the glory. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. You know, uh, how, many of you, how many of you remember what I talked about last week? Hmm? Making ourselves available to God. This isn't part two, but... I do want to reiterate, and I hope everyone took notes, and I hope that God, whatever God spoke, that you were listening for what he was saying to you personally. When the word of God goes forth, it's not, your mindset should not be someone else needs to hear this. You know, your, your heart should be, okay, God, what are you saying to me? Because I need to hear from the Lord this morning. What are you saying, Lord, that I might hear and obey? So let's avail ourselves, make ourselves available to God and his word uh, this morning. And I want you to turn to the book of Psalm 27. And we're going to talk about uh, a subject that's not a popular subject. I appreciate there being no groans. We're going to talk about waiting on the Lord. When God says wait, how should we respond? And that's one word that none of us like to hear. How many of us like to hear the word wait? When we want something, when our heart's desire is for something, probably the last word we want to hear is wait. I can't tell you how many times I almost drove my mother crazy. Asking, asking. If she said wait, I'd wait two minutes. I'd ask again. Ten minutes later, I'm asking again. Not now. Wait until she finally says, if you ask me one more time, the answer is no. That's how she would back me off. You know, looking back on that, that wasn't really waiting. Was, that, was I waiting? 
And I could tell by my heart, I wasn't really wanting her her answer. Uh, I tell you what, I was I wasn't wanting the benefit of her judgment or the the benefit of her uh, wisdom. All I was wanting was a yes. I wanted what I wanted. You know, and I think a lot of times we're that way with God. We want what we want when we want it. Not one of us likes to wait for what we want. And people have become filthy rich throughout history, inventing ways to feed our desire for instant gratification. And there is an important principle in the word of God that's critically important for our walk and our growth and development with God is learning to wait on the Lord. Sometimes, I don't want to get ahead of myself, but I will say this. We got to make sure that what we're asking God for is his will. We got to want his will. But we got to concern ourselves with, is it his will? One. And two, is it his timing? Because God's yes isn't always an immediate gratification yes. Sometimes you're going to have to wait for it. Because God's doing the work in you. And there's something he wants to accomplish in you before he gives you the desire of your heart. Are you hearing me? Told you it wasn't popular. Psalm 27 verse 14 says this. Wait for the Lord. I'm reading out of the ESV. Wait for the Lord. Be strong. And let your heart take courage. Wait for the Lord. And we're going to get into this a little bit deeper, but to me, the wording in this is curious. He starts off, wait for the Lord, and finishes the sentence, wait for the Lord. But what does he say in between? Wait for the Lord. Be strong. How many of you know waiting isn't always easy? I didn't hear any amens. It ain't easy to wait. Sometimes it takes strength. It takes strength to wait. A lot of times in our weakness, we push into doing something right now because we want it now, not because we need it then. And we give in weakness in our flesh. We give in to something when God's will for us is to wait. And so he's speaking to us, hey, sometimes it's, it's going to be hard and you're going to have to be strong in order to wait. Let your heart take courage. How many of you know it takes courage to wait? We live in a society that everybody wants what they want now. We live in a society where uh, sexually, sexual purity seems to be frowned on. How many people's lives have been shipwrecked or they've been endured 
countless trauma, hurt, pain, drama for refusal to wait for sexual gratification. Refusing to wait and do it God's way through the holy covenant of marriage. I'm not probably going to make friends today, but How many people are end up flat broke because they risk it all because they want to be rich now? I know as a parent, a lot of times our girls grew up and uh, a lot of things that they wanted when they wanted. And... Um, this might surprise you, but they they struggled to see a good reason why they couldn't get what they wanted. Mom or dad's no wasn't good enough. They had to see a good reason for it. They could only see what was right in front of them. I want something. It's attainable. Mom and dad is the only thing standing in the way. Why can't I have it? And Chrissy and I realized they're not ready for that yet. If they got it, they're not responsible enough for this yet. We've got some maturing and growing to do. There are some things that need to be done in them before they're ready to, to, to receive this. We're parents. We want the best for our kids. And we we deny them certain things because we feel like if they were to get it now, it wouldn't be a blessing to them. They would either abuse it, they would take it for granted, it would in some way be bad for them if they got it now. And if we, as humans, moms and dads, will care for our kids in such a way that we will not give them the desire of their heart if we feel like giving it to them. The thing that they want is not in and of itself a bad thing, but we know that if we were to get that to them now, it would be a bad thing for them. How much more should we trust God to be that loving and that considerate uh, and uh, and, and not allowing us to get something that's going to be harmful for us? See, God is not just about giving us what we want. He is about us maturing in him. He's about conforming Christ-likeness in us. Are you hearing me? And so you can bet that if you are trusting God for something and you're believing God for something, that if you don't have it, it's either not time, the timing either is not right, or God in his divine wisdom realizes you don't need that. 
And if it's not, and, and, and if it's not his will, he's not going to give it to you. Are you okay with that? Can we be okay with that? I say you better be okay with that, right? Because the, the, the bottom line question is, do we want God's will or not? Is, is he Lord of our lives? Do we really mean that? Do we really want that? Do we really trust him to make the decision as to what we need to have and what we don't need to have? And if he says no, we say, yes, Lord. But if we know that, what, that it is the will of God, then we need to wait for him to give it to us, to bless us with it in his time. You're going to need to be strong. It's going to take courage. But God's grace is available for us to wait on the Lord. Now, waiting on the Lord is going to require some things for us. I know uh, I don't want to just say wait on the Lord, amen, See you next week. Uh, I, I told a story earlier about as a kid how impatient I was and how I would bug and bug and bug my mom to try and wear her down, hopefully get what I want, until she either gave me what I wanted or threatened me that if I asked again, I would most definitely not get what I want. As you can tell, I wasn't a patient kid. But reflecting on that, what, what, what was my problem? I, I felt like if I didn't get it then, I might not get it. And the possibility that it could be a no, see, I, I, I didn't trust my mom's judgment. I didn't. I didn't want to leave it up to her. I wanted to uh, influence the outcome. I wasn't looking for direction. I wasn't, I was, you know, I wasn't looking for her leadership or anything. All I was looking for was her yes. And that's something that God had to deal with me uh, very early on in my walk, especially when he called me to the ministry, that that that, that heart right there, was going to have to be humbled. I was going to have to repent of that uh, in order for me to walk with God in spirit and in truth. So, rooted in that situation with my mom was I wasn't trusting in her judgment. I wasn't trusting in her decision for whether it's not let me go or not. All I wanted was her to agree with what I wanted her decision to be. And so when we're waiting on the Lord, we're going to have to trust him. We're going to have to trust him. Uh, Proverbs 3, verses 5 and 6, I didn't give you all this one, so it's not their fault if it's not back there. But trust in the Lord with all your heart and do not lean on your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge him and he will make your Make straight your paths. There comes a point where we just got to trust God. 
not to sign off on our agenda, but for him to lead us in his way according to his agenda for our lives. So when we go to God in faith, we have to trust him. And that means not being anxious or fretting. I was anxious. I was fretting when I was bugging my mom every few minutes, every few minutes. So, okay, mom, okay, mom, is it a yes? Can I go? Can I go? Can I go? It's a miracle she didn't just knock me out. I was that kid that uh, I'd rather get a whooping than for you to deprive, than for mom to deprive me of being able to go where I wanted to go. I would hand her the belt or whatever it was, you know. Just don't tell me I can't go and do what I want to do. And when she figured that out, I was in trouble. But trust in the Lord. Uh, Philippians 4, 6 says, Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And so when we're waiting on God, it shouldn't be a time where we're wringing our hands and, 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 and we're fretting as though we're, uh, you know, we're anxious and worried about whether or not God's going to come through. I think a lot of times we're there because we're focused, we're focused on the object of our desire. We're in prayer before God, but our focus of our heart, the focus of our mind is on the object of our desire, the thing that we feel like we got to have, and if we don't, and we're afraid that we won't get it if we don't get it now. And scripture here is telling us, trust him. And all, you know, don't lean on your own understanding. Just acknowledge God in it. Just like Teresa's testimony there. Trust him. It looks like the ministry wasn't going to be able to continue if God didn't come through. It didn't just look like that. It was that for her. They believe that this, that, that, that this, uh, uh, um, what, what's her name again? I don't want to slaughter it. Janita. All right. They believed that Janita was God's provision. Janita believed that. But she had these issues that prevented her from being able to do the job that needed to be done. So something had to be done because while she was provision, she wasn't all the provision that they needed. She was one of several people that they needed to come. So the one that came wasn't able physically to do the job. And so if God didn't change it, they may have to fold up the tent. And God miraculously came through. Right? And showed that he is not done with pearls of grace. Right? And that despite the fiery trials and circumstances that they're going through, he is still God. And nothing is too hard for him. And so if they patiently wait on the Lord, if they trust him and lean out on their own understanding and all their ways acknowledge him, he'll make their path straight. He's doing that. It doesn't mean it's easy. There's many nights, I'm sure, or many days, I'm sure, that, uh, 
you know, uh, Teresa's knees are a little weak as she's, uh, as she's, try- she's standing strong one moment, the next moment, I don't know. And I think that's okay. But when she's in that mindset of I don't know, she takes it to the Lord. She presents it before him, and in his presence she gains assurance. That the same God that's come through for her time and time again will continue to do so. He'll come through for her now and forevermore. And I'm sure, and I, I, I hate to make you the subject, <laughs> but I'm sure that, that she hasn't gotten her way, that God hasn't answered every prayer the way that she would have liked for him to. I'm sure that there's been times that she's uh, questioned. Questioned God in that way. But one thing I know about Teresa is that she really wants the will of God in her life. She wants to do the will of God. And if doing the will of God means she doesn't get her way in a few areas, then she's going to be at peace with that. Right? And so in, in that way, she's made herself an available vessel for God to do what he wants to do, when he wants to do it. And, and you see these amazing things happen, like the healing of Janita. Amen? You know, And so I don't know that she gets that if she's anywhere else. But God placed her under Teresa. He made their paths crossed. And she could provide a need for the ranch, but God also put her in a place where her prayer could be answered. Her needs for healing can be met. I don't know Janita, so I can't really speak to her as I, I as I can Teresa. But but first, waiting on the Lord, first thing it requires is trusting Him. You know, you can, you can use faith, trust. You know, they that come to the Lord must believe that He is, and that He is a rewarder of them that diligently seek Him. That's what it tells us in Hebrews chapter eleven. So when we go to God, we got to go in faith. We've got to go trusting. The second thing that's important that waiting on the Lord requires, it requires that we trust him. It requires patience. Go with me to Psalm chapter 40 or Psalm 40. First three verses. It says, I waited, what's that word? Patiently. 
I waited patiently for the Lord. He turned to me and heard my cry. He lifted me out of the slimy pit, out of the mud and mire. He set my feet on a rock and gave me a firm place to stand. He put a new song in my mouth, a hymn of praise to our God. Many will see and fear the Lord and put their trust in him. You know, when we, when we look at this and we say amen and we say hallelujah, you know, if God lifted him out of the slimy pit and out of the mud of the mire, that means he was in the slimy pit. And he was in the mud and the mire. Things were not great for him. And yet in it, he's like, I waited. And I wasn't antsy and fretful and fearful. I waited patiently for the Lord. If we wait on the Lord, trusting him, full of faith, patiently, God will come. Amen? Like I said, if we know that what we're trusting God for is the will of God, then what do we have to worry about? What, do we think God forgets? Well, God do, hey, God, (laughs) uh, I just want to remind you, I've been praying for this for seven days now. I hope you're hearing me up there. You know, it's like, you know, sometimes we feel like God's going to forget, but God does not forget, right? The only, now, the only thing that God forgets, God has told us what that is, hasn't he? What's that? When God forgives your sins, he said he will remember them no more. Amen? All right? But other than that, God does not forget his promises. He does not forget his word. Amen? He will come through. He is faithful. He's not a man that he should lie. He will come through. And so wait patiently on the Lord. Don't fret. You know, um, it might be I want to encourage you, young people, those of you, I know y'all are making a stand for the Lord, a stand in purity, that you're planning to preserve yourself for marriage because you know it's right. You know it's the will of God. And that may come with some mocking from your peers, and, 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 and it might require you to endure some unpleasantness, but I want you to take courage and be strong in your stand for the Lord. Because the fun that it seems that your peers may be out there having that don't know the Lord, the things that they're doing that just seems like you're missing out on, there is a cost to those things. There is a cost associated 
with not walking in the truth of God's word. There is a cost. There's consequences associated with it. And what the world calls fun really leads to bondage and destruction. You can never go wrong doing things God's way. Because God is faithful to keep his promises. And so your peers may be hooking up with everybody. Some of them may be getting married early. Yeah. It doesn't always have to be sin. Maybe some of y'all's friends are got married at an early age. 20, 21, and you're seeing friends get married and and uh, you're like, hey, where's my boo? Where's my bae? God, I've been waiting. Doesn't seem like anybody's attention or gaze is upon me. Lord, oh, I don't want to, I don't want to be a, a 30, 35. And, and, and still waiting. I, I understand that. But I also want you to understand that, that, that your desire for a godly mate, someone who you can spend your life with in holy matrimony before God, that, that is a pleasing desire to God, and God is for that. God is going to give you that desire of your heart. You just got to be willing to wait for God's timing on that. Okay? Waiting, you got to overcome the fear of, well, if I wait too long, at some point it's going to be too late. That's, that, that's the carnal mind and that's the enemy trying to throw those darts in there to try to get you in a state of mind that will tempt you to compromise and try to gratify that need or that desire sooner rather than later in a way that is not God-honoring and in a way that will bring about consequences. Don't compromise. Be strong. Be courageous. Wait patiently for God because God will come through for you. Even if it feels like you're in the slimy pit or the muck and the mire, wait patiently and he will come through for you. All right, that was patience. So waiting on the Lord requires trust. It requires patience. I've already said uh, 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 said this, but I'll say third, courage. That's back in Psalm 27, verse 14. And I want to reiterate something I said earlier if God doesn't give us what we're asking him for, there may be more than this, but all I could think of was two reasons. If he doesn't give you what you're asking for, then he either didn't want you to have it because in some way it'd be bad for you, or it's just not the right timing, and you're going to have to wait for God to give it to you in the timing that he knows is right.
but we've already said it, so courage, that's the Psalm 27, 14, so I won't go back uh, into courage. But number four, perseverance. So waiting on the Lord. We're going to have to wait on him in faith and trust. We're going to have to wait patiently. We're going to have to be courageous. And we're going to have to have perseverance. Now, some translations may say endurance. Uh, <clears throat> but mine says perseverance. Uh, James 1, verses 2 to 4 say this, Consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters, whenever you face trials of many kinds, because you know that the testing of your faith produces perseverance. Let perseverance finish its work so that you may be mature and complete, not lacking anything. See, God doesn't do anything without purpose. He wants you to be mature and complete, lacking nothing, right? So it's not just about whether God is giving you the desires of your heart or not. Where, you know, God, where it's his will to give you something, he wants to give you the desire of your heart, but he also wants it to coincide with the work that he's doing in you to grow you and mature you in the Lord. If giving you what you want is going to be a hindrance to that process, guess what you're going to have to do? Wait for it. And I'm saying this so that we can understand how, how God works with us, that it's not that there's more to consider than just the A-B choice of do I get it or I don't get it. This might be God's will, but the timing isn't based on what I want. The timing is based on what God and his divine wisdom knows is best for me. Right? And so I want to encourage you with that. And so that's going to be when, when, when we have our heart set on something. Right? And we're going before God with it. And, and, and we're, we're trusting God for it. And we're praying. At some point, we're going to have to just settle that issue and not continue to bug God like I used to bug my mom. But realize that sometimes God knows that for my growth and development, I don't need to have this right now. So, in a way, this is a test or a trial, a test of my faith. Am I going to do what I want to do to get what I want now, or am I going to wait on God? Am I going to allow him to to develop and mature me in my patience? In my, will, in my willingness to endure certain hardships or to endure the frustration of having to wait on something that, that my heart really wants right now? Am I going to be willing to endure that so God can have his perfect work in me? 
And I would encourage us all to, to be willing to, uh, to do that. It goes on in James chapter 1, uh, verse 5 and 6. If any of you lacks wisdom, you should ask God. Who gives generously to all without finding fault, and it will be given to you. But when you ask, you must believe and not doubt. Because the one who doubts is like a wave of the sea blown and tossed by the wind. We should not, the one thing we should not doubt, right, is that God hears us or not. That he favors us. That his affections are toward us. We should not doubt that God would give us any good thing. Right? And so we don't want to waver. We can't afford to waver in that. We've got to know that the reason I don't have it is not that God is being mean to me. Right? It's not that God is just depriving me of this out of, out of punishment of some kind. It is out of love that God deprives us of the things that we want at times. Because we're, it's either not going to be a good thing for us or it's not something for us to have in that moment. And if we don't have it, let's not cause, let's not use it as a cause to question the Lord. Just know that it either is not God's will for you to have it. And if, and if that, and that would be rooted in love because he doesn't want that to be a hindrance to you uh, or to your walk with him, or it's not the right timing. Uh, either way, it'll be a hindrance to you, but he's going to give it to you, but only when it's going to be of maximum benefit to you. Psalm 37 is where I want to go for the next, and I think... Uh, the, the final, I think, requirement of waiting on the Lord. I'm going to combine Psalm 37 and Psalm 62 so you'll know uh, where we're going next. Psalm 37, verses 7 to 9 say this, Be still before the Lord. And wait patiently for him. Fret not yourself over the one who prospers in his way, over the man who carries out evil devices. Don't get into what Steve called one. Don't, don't, don't become, don't get infected with comparisonitis. All right? Don't get into that situation where you're tempted. Oh, God, I have been so faithful to you, and yet look at the wicked ones prospering in their way. I know that guy. I pray every day. I'm in your word every day. That guy, yeah, that guy doesn't deserve what he's getting. Well, that's not how the grace and, and generosity of God works. It, God has mercy on whom he will have mercy. And he works in our lives how he sees best to work in our lives. And it's, he's not gonna, it's not a cookie cutter mode where he works in all of our lives the same way. And and we do not want to be guilty of uh, trying to measure God's uh, blessings 
in, 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 in feeling that he might be unjust because he's given somebody else more than they deserve and haven't quite given us as much as we feel that we deserve. All right? It's, remember, this is not a meritocracy, right? You, you know, it is not of works that we're saved. It is by, by grace through faith. And so, fret not yourself over the one who prospers in his way, over the man who carries out evil devices. Refrain from anger and forsake wrath. Fret not yourself. It tends only to evil. When we get to fretting, it leads to evil actions. For the evildoer shall be cut off, but those who wait for the Lord shall inherit the land. If we want to inherit the land, we're going to need to be willing to wait on the Lord. Wait on the Lord's timing. David knew he was called to be the next king after Saul, but he understood what it meant to wait on the Lord. Saul tried to kill him twice. And David had an opportunity to kill him and get him out of the way. One, to preserve his own life. And two, to, to speed up his ascendancy to the throne. But no, David wasn't, he knew that it wasn't upon him to do things in his timing. He trusted that God would protect him from the evil intentions of Saul. And he knew that God would elevate him to king in God's timing. And he so honored the will of God, God anointed Saul king. And David would not put his hand on God's anointed. He said, it's for God to, that's someone for God to deal with. I'll cut off a piece of his garment and let him know I was here. I had his life in my hands and I spared him. But I will not put my hands on him. That's for God to do. You may have a gifting, you may have a calling, and you may be impatiently wondering and, and, and striving and, and fighting to make it happen now. You're frustrated because you don't see the finish line right on the horizon. I will trust you to, uh, I will encourage you to trust God in that and not be so focused on the finish that you're missing what God is wanting to do in your life right now. He will get you to that finish line, but there's a journey involved in it. And in that journey, he's going to want to deal with you. He's going to want to uh, mature you in some areas in preparation for when you do cross that finish line, you're ready to thrive there and not struggle there. Amen? And so we've got to be willing to go with God in that journey of it and allow him to do the work in us that he knows needs to be done. And we will trust him that when it's time to inherit the land, there's not a force on earth that can stop us from inheriting the land when God says it's time. So we don't need to fret about that. All we need to do is be with God, fully present in the moment, and let God be God.
So wait patiently for him. Psalm 62, verses 5 and 8, 5 through 8. I love this. 62, verses 5 through 8. For God alone, O my soul, wait in silence, for my hope is from him. You know, he's talking to himself. For God alone, O my soul, wait in silence. What, what does he mean with that? You know, uh, we live in a, my goodness, tornado alley. We, we're familiar with storms here in Oklahoma. But a lot of times, you know, the storms that we most struggle with are the storms in our soul. Fears, anger, wrath, unforgiveness, offense. Things that are undealt with, that God wants to meet us in those places and deal with us in those places. Are you hearing me? And this person is saying, you can tell his soul is loud. He's probably complaining. And he's like, oh my, for God alone, oh my soul, wait in silence. Only for God, wait. But he says, wait in silence. Zip it. Stop whining. Stop complaining. Wait in silence. Listen. So you can hear that still, small voice. Quiet the storm in your soul. Stop being so worried and fretful that you're, that there's so much speaking and you're reminding God and trying to beg God to do, 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 and just silence. So that God can speak and you can hear his voice. And he can encourage you and strengthen you in that moment. Are you hearing me? For God alone, O my soul, wait in silence. For my hope is from him. Right? My hope isn't in getting that thing that I want. My hope is in him. You know, sometimes God doesn't give you the thing that you're asking for because if he were to give it to you right now, it might become an idol to you. You might view that thing as a source of something that God should be the only source of. That thing may be, you may look at that thing as if you were to get it, it is uh, uh, it becomes your hope rather than God becoming your hope. Y'all have heard my testimony of wanting to play in the NFL, and I was fully capable of doing it. But it became an idol. I saw it as my hope. I saw it as the way to change the fortunes of my family. I, I, it began to be one of those things that I would cut corners everywhere else. I might not go to church. I may not go to class. I may not do some other things, but I'm not missing a practice and I'm not missing a game 
because this is the thing that I hope in. This is the thing that's going to help me get out. Me and my family get out of the poverty situation. God had another call on my life. And I wasn't able to hear it because my soul was too loud in its pursuit of the thing that became an idol to me. Are you hearing me? And God took that away. He took it away long enough for me to humble myself before him, incline my ear to him. Once I didn't have football anymore, it's like, oh, God. All of us, guess who I cried out to? And God spoke to me. And I was able to hear him in a way that I wasn't able to hear him when I was on my own agenda. For God alone, O my soul, wait in silence, for my hope is from him. He only is my rock and my salvation, my fortress. I shall not be shaken. On God rests my salvation and my glory, my mighty rock, my refuge is God. Trust in him sometimes. All right. Trust in him at all times, O people. Pour out your heart before him. God is a refuge for us. Selah. So wait in silence without complaint. Without Constantly asking God to bless your agenda. Just just lay down your agenda and just get before God. And be as diligent to hear God. Now, I'll tell you what. Be more diligent to hear God than you are for God to hear you. I got, a, uh, I got a few one-verse scriptures that I want to finish up with. Joshua 1.9, God says, Have I not commanded you, be strong and courageous? I'm doing this because it's reiterating some of the stuff that was mentioned earlier in the message as far as requirements, uh, key elements of waiting on God. What he said to Joshua, Have I not commanded you? Be strong and courageous. Do not be frightened and do not be dismayed. For the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. You know, I want you to circle that or star that. You know, he didn't just tell him. His, the source of his courage, the source of his strength is rooted in the knowing that God is with him wherever he goes. God is with you wherever you go. God is with you in whatever situation you find yourself in. God is for you, and he will make a way for you. Be strong and courageous because of who is with you. Uh, going back to Psalm 27, uh, we started off with verse 14. But the preceding verse, verse 13, says, 
I really, really hear me on this as I read this. Because this speaks to, I guess the, the last thing I'll say is expectation. We got to have an expectation that we're going to see the goodness of God. That God is going to come through. Not only does he hear us, but our all-knowing, everywhere present, all-powerful God. Nothing is, nothing is too hard for him. But he says, I believe that I shall look upon the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. You know, he, this is a statement of fact here. I believe I'll look upon God's goodness. It, things aren't, if you read that whole chapter, you read that whole psalm, things aren't all good. But in the middle of it, he's saying, I believe I'll see the goodness of God in the land of the living. I believe things won't always be this way. And despite the challenges that I'm facing, I know God is with me. And I know I'm going to see his goodness. I believe it. I'm assured of it. And I think we need to be assured of God's goodness. That We will see his goodness. It may not come when we want it. It may not be on demand like dish or something like that. We, 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 can't, we, we can't make it happen when we want to make it happen. But it will happen when God says it's time. And when, and when he says it's time, we'll be, still, we'll, we'll be still there standing in faith, believing in God, all the while expecting to see the goodness of God in the land of the living. Because the circumstances didn't affect that, right? We, 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 we serve a God that changes not, right? In him there is no variableness, a shadow of turning. Right? He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. He is my rock, my salvation. In him will I trust. Amen? And so, and so his faithfulness, he is good to me. And so these, these momentary trials are not going to shake my confidence in him. I am determined. I determinately believe that I shall look upon the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. So sometimes you just got to learn to have a great expectation. Of the Lord. And finally, I will, I will finish. In Psalm 130 verses 5 and 6. Because I value the word of God. You know, we're going to have to stand on the word of God. <clears throat> Psalm 130, verses 5 and 6. I wait for the Lord. My soul waits. And in his word, I hope. I underline that in his word. I hope if God's word says it, we can stand on it. In his word, I hope. My soul waits for the Lord more than watchmen for the morning. More than watchmen for the morning. 
So I want to encourage you today. Um, the testimony that Teresa gave, um, as, as wonderful as it is, as, the way, as wonderfully as she presented it, uh, it's even more wonderful if you know the if you know the whole story, this is not something that just developed lately, right? She's, th th this thing has been an issue for a long time. This season has been an extended season for her. And so she has had to wait and wait and wait and wait and believe and expect and, and trust in the Lord. Uh, her and the other leaders there at the ranch. And it has not been an easy easy thing at all they uh, they still need mentors um, I believe they need an educator um, a teacher um, that is I, I would encourage you that um, you know take some time really to hear Teresa story and, and, and ask her what needs they have out there. I think the more that we can shine a light on that, um, the, the greater chance there might be that someone who is a perfect fit, who is God's provision there, someone or someones, plural, uh, can uh, be brought into connection with her and, uh, and the needs that they have can be filled. Uh, out there because uh, because the needs are great and some uh, very valuable uh, people have moved on their season has ended there uh, they are needing people to fill the voids there and those who are currently there are having to work double triple time uh, to try and make things go as they wait for God to bring provision. Maybe you or someone you know is an answer to prayer there. Um, you know, so I, I don't uh, I, I don't fully know. We're in prayer. Uh, we're believing God uh, for every need to be met there. And the needs that, the current needs are one thing, but they're also having to turn girls down they could easily double the number of girls that came out that that, that that can come out there if they had the workers, right? <laughs> and so the need is great. Hmm? Yeah. So the need is great, and um, and I believe that uh, I believe God is doing something, and I believe your testimony is not done yet. So, but praise the Lord. I'm going to ask you all to stand and uh, just uh, conclude in prayer. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Uh, dear Heavenly Father, I just uh, I thank you for the opportunity to, to share your word. and I lift up everyone within the sound of my voice today, Lord. Concerning the issue of waiting on you, Lord, uh, I don't know what the various uh, things are that uh, uh, people who are hearing me right now have waited on you for, Lord. I pray that 
I pray that everything that's being waited for is your will. And if and, and where it isn't your will, uh, I pray for a humble heart and an open uh, and a open ears to to discern that it is not your will, and uh, they would accept it that it's not your will, whether they get a reason for it or not, that they'll trust you. And uh, where there is assurance that what they're waiting on is your will, O oh God. I pray that today's message was at least some encouragement to them, Father God, uh, uh, to wait for your timing. Not their own, but for your timing. It takes courage to do that. As we read today, it requires courage. It requires strength. It requires patience. It requires that we silence our souls. It also requires that we have expectation that we will see the goodness of God in the land of the living. So lift up your sons and daughters, oh God, encourage them. Strengthen their faith, Lord, to, to trust in you more, Lord, to, to, to wait as long as you deem it necessary for them to wait. Let there be no desire to compromise in order to get now what is not your will for them to have now. Let them, if they're asking you for it, then they have to be willing to accept your timing as to when you will provide that need or give them the desire of their hearts. Above all, Lord, we want you to be honored and glorified in us and through us. And, and, and Lord, I pray that it is all of our hearts that we just yield to you and say, work in our lives in whatever way you choose because we trust you in the Lord with all of our hearts. We will not lean on our own understanding, but in all of our ways, we will acknowledge you, O oh God, and let you direct our paths. To you be all the honor, glory, and praise, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah.